Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell, and that no-hanging-mama's boy, Brian Appleby-Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. You love the trumpet, we love the trumpet. What's not to love about the trumpet? So go on over to WTF for all good things about the trumpet. Teacher, performer, recovering trumpeter, in a relationship with a trumpet player, married to one, we can help. Get on over to www.worldtrumpetfederation.com to help you cope. And by 26 Contemplative Studies for Trumpet, a new project by yours truly that is intended to lead students toward informed musicianship. The book contains 26 original studies for trumpet that are paired with 26 original poems. While the studies could stand alone for practice, performance, or auditions, the concept pairs them with the poems so that the students begin to make the all-important extra-musical connections that lead to refined, elegant performance. The style of the studies varies throughout the book, but most are in the spirit of interesting, lyrical, melodic compositions that allow for expression, interpretation, and the development of authentic musicianship. So go to www.williamstoman.com for details and to order your copy of 26 Contemplative Studies. And by the way, free shipping in the United States. 26 Contemplative Studies for Trumpet will change the way you guide your students toward beautiful, musical, informed play. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments, warming up, couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to defend, deny, and distribute information that we believe is important to a diabolical, disturbed, and distressed trumpet diorama. Gentlemen, shall we? Each week, we ease into the show with a segment we call Warming Up. Now, ironically, we don't believe in warming up. We just believe in practicing, <laughs> but I digress. This Generally, is true. we just talk about some things that have been on our minds during the course of the week. And if you're a trumpet player, we know what has been on your mind, and that's lip care. And that's why we're so grateful for the continued sponsorship of Chop Saver, made with all natural ingredients by the man himself, the boss of balms, the champion of chap, the earl of emollients. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> the leader of lip care, Dan Gosling. Wow. So go to chopsaver.com and get you some today. You know, Brian and I actually got to hang this weekend hold on a second hold it on was a second. terrible i know no you said brian I, actually I, brian engaged Appleby in hanging Weinberg and, and i yeah we hung out and i believe weekend. you hung out <laughs> no was he was awful. there he stayed the entire time not like the time we went to his house to hang out and he left in your car in my car that? that's correct and then about an hour later we're like He's not hanging in his own house. Next level. <laughs> We're just that sitting That was there. great. That was next level. I was so <laughs> proud of myself. <laughs> I drove out to Jersey to spend some time with Brian and, and the brass band, which I'll talk about in a minute, because I'm actually going to use brass band as my warming up. Oh, and I love crap, it. Crap, it's I love it. <laughs> but Perfect. We went for a 40-mile bike ride on Sunday morning, uh, during which we dropped Brian on an overpass. But oh, come on. <laughs> Brian, now that you're caught up, uh, <laughs> what do you have for us today? <laughs> I heard it was just 38. You couldn't do 40. Well, the elevation in Jersey was brutal. <laughs> 71 feet over a 38-mile ride. It's incredible. That was, most of that was speed bumps. Yeah. 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 Got to slow people down somehow. Yeah. All right. So there's an amazing annou announcement in the brass band world. I don't know. People might not think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. Um, Steve Stewart, the soprano player in the Corey band, 
has decided he's no longer playing soprano in the cornet, the cor- band after a decade of sitting in that wow. chair and winning literally everything that you can win in a brass band. They're the number one band in the world. Coming out of COVID has, as, as we talked about, so has really taken a, th- a toll on a lot of people. So, um, so wait, is, he, is he finishing this season or he's just done like he's not doing now? He's not doing now. He had just announced. Wow. So who's yep. in the who's in the chair? That's a big hope. That's a big chair to fill, right? I'm um, like, I know any of these people. I don't know any of these people. It's a huge chair to fill, and uh, he was one of the best on the planet. I mean, just amazing, and um, yeah. So I do have inside information, but I'm not sure that they're releasing it to the public. So I'm not gonna. I shouldn't say anything. Well, that's so just we, um, taunting wait, 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 now. We about have a scoop. Who, who it yeah about who it is that's who who's playing for the um, I just the let nationals. me just ask let me ask a couple of leading questions okay is anyone that we know in the Jersey area moving to England <laughs> um, not currently well okay. here's the problem there's only so many of these people on the planet that do this job it's yeah. going to be one of these domino effect things now right. Like someone's right, going to move is, into that chair, and then eight other jobs are going to... Right, this is where right. trickle, the, the trickle-down theory actually does work. Right. It actually happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do long-term. They have a contest solution for the Nationals. Um, and when I think are, they're when gonna, are Nationals? I think seven weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, coming right up. And I think that um, that they're sort of scrambling to, to fill... Uh, the chair for concerts that they have booked that are like right now. So yeah, it's um, it's crazy. Casualty, a a crazy casualty of COVID there. Yeah. And he can, I mean, that guy can play. He was, yeah, he was kind of an animal in the chair. He would sort of, you know, stand up almost in the chair when he's doing something really loud and stand up and play a solo, really demonstrative. Is is he an old guy like, like Bill old or? Wow. He's older, yeah. He's probably not, maybe not as old as Bill. Well, no, Unbelievable. he really but is. He's got gray hair, gray beard, yeah. Hmm. Um, but he's been doing it for a decade, and you know, amazing. But just announced, pretty wow. fast, fascinating. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. a big. That's a, that's well, big. That's news. what we do here on the Open Bell. You know what I mean? International scooping. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we We're bringing all you the... all all the news, all the cornet news that's fit to talk it's about. Fit to t- <laughs> it's fit not to print. <laughs> well, Joey, what do you have for us today? Well, uh, as you guys know, we've been talking about things that are coming back. And so I'm heading over on very short notice to play with the St. Louis Symphony. I'm always happy to go play. Now, generally speaking, when I go play with these orchestras, they're Pops concerts, right? Yeah. But this is, like I said, uh, I was just contacted a few days ago, and it's going to be this weekend. The first concert, I'm playing with someone named Kishi Bashi. Now, I don't know who this is, so what do you do? That's what the Internet's for. We look them up. So it turns out this is a... uh, is a songwriter and a violinist and does all kinds of different stuff. His first full-length solo album was entitled 151A. <laughs> um, and then he also has his own line of coffee called Royal Dark Blend, dark with two A's, of course. Um, and his latest album, and I think we're doing something from this, uh, as uh, a piece about the uh, American internment of Japanese Americans in World War II. Wow. So I think this is going to be kind of weird and cool. <laughs> so, uh, you know, these are the kind of things, like I, I was talking to my students about this this week, because it's not like I can do a lot of preparation for this. I just got the call, and they said, can you do this on Friday? And it's one rehearsal and one concert, and then Saturday is going to be a, a Pops concert, one rehearsal and one concert as well. So 
you just got to kind of, this is the idea of being prepared, right? Sure. So yeah. I, you know, that idea of I practice all the time for the idea of I want to be able to say yes without having any idea. So they said, hey, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And they're like, well, I guess we'll get you the music. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I'll look <laughs> at the music. Say yes first. Look at the music later. They won't be big right. band charts, I'm guessing. <laughs> they are not. I have gotten the music because it's only a couple of days away now. And it's, some of it is hard to tell because it looks like, you know, some pads and, and some rests and st stuff. But there's some angular things on there, some mm -hmm. uh, some sea trumpet stuff written up around the high sea area with some weird angular stuff. And I'm like, and uh, oh, all in alto clef. Be cool. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole, whole book is an alto. The whole thing's an alto clef. That'd be awesome. How many no, doubles the, do you get? Uh, but it is, you know, and, and then the next day, so that's going to be that's Friday, and then Saturday's a Motown concert. Oh right. So kind of back to back, bang bang. Uh, and this is exactly the kind of stuff I I like doing, I enjoying doing, and then you get that opportunity, like right, this is what I want to be able to do. Oh, you need something, and it's weird and fun and kind of cool. Yeah. And then I get to go hang out with the guys in St. Louis. No offense to you personally, Brian. Yeah, so they're good, terrible. good trumpet section you. out there. Tom Drake's out there. Mike Walks out there. Those are those are is, good people. Is Karen back playing at all? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, but I'll report back. Uh, I'll, I'll see what I, I'll know what's going on after next week. I haven't been out there in a couple of years because you know there hasn't been anything to do. It's sort of shut down. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah. I, I haven't I haven't seen the orchestra in, in, a, in a little while. But it's always always good to get back there. And those are those are good people. It's a great orchestra. It's a really nice hall. How many other people can claim? John Cougar Mellencamp and Kashibashi. Well, exactly. <laughs> Kishibashi. Kishi it's a small, small club. Yeah. It's a <laughs> wow. What do, there's a, there's a card. Is, we have a card for that. This is going to be on Back for Bingo in three weeks. Just there long enough is. for Brian to forget it. Actually, by then, I'll have forgotten about it. I'm like, what the heck is Kishibashi? <laughs> yeah. Or the, maybe this is a good Jeopardy question. Yeah. You know? Keshibashi and a John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah, so that that's what's uh, on my Who mind is this Joey week. Joey Tartel. That's very really <laughs> cool. <laughs> Bill, Bill, what do you got for us? <laughs> well, I'd like to talk about brass band. Oh my God! Oh, I'm so, this made me so happy. Come on. Wait a minute. What's Come going on? on. <laughs> well, it's very self-serving, but um, so Brian actually egged me on to arrange one of the pieces I had done for Trombomundi, a fond kiss. This beautiful little Scottish. Uh, now, tune. where could we find that recording of that? Uh, that you could find on Trombomundi's latest CD, The Non-Articulation Agreement. That's a good That's idea. You should be it's buying that. Idea. You should buy great, that. Totally. Exactly. It's a great, great CD. But, so I did it. I took the I took the thing and I set it for brass band and then it worked. And then in the meantime, before I could get that even done, he goes, and you know, we also need an opener. We need something original. And they're doing this thing where it was like very prescribed sort of, I can't talk about it too much because I think it's probably some sort of secret. It's secret, yeah. And, but, uh, but at any rate... Um, I was happy to write this original oh composition for them. So, so I, awesome. I, I did that. I got the, it was like typically the way I write. I have zero ideas, and then the next day I can't leave the piano and music because I just have to get it out of my head, and then I got it done. So now, I Brian, got to this. Is, is this the same person who, as I believe, last week or two weeks ago said, I mean, I'm not a composer. Yes, Didn't we exactly. have to interrupt this him and tell person. him, is yes. this the same person? <laughs> just Just checking. Don, yeah. please continue. No, no, no. A quick aside to, uh, on that score. Uh, Matthew Onstead was nice enough to buy my book and did a very nice Facebook post that said, who knew that poets could write trumpet music? Oh, <laughs> so I could, wow. Uh, wow. Well, now you're Matthew a poet. Really, Matthew, the bio is expanding. You're like a renaissance man. I know, yeah. but 
if I could get a kishibashi gig, I'd feel like really complete. <laughs> well, wait, wait, I'll <laughs> report back next week on what that was. That would really round it out. At any rate, so I go out and spend some time with Brian where we actually were hanging. I love this. And, uh, and got to hear Atlantic Brass Band, which sounds fantastic. A huge shout out to the band. The band sounds great. Way better than it did two years ago when I was there. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> but what, when you and well, Pete were in this section, well, hold on. What's what's different? You were in the band, and now you're well, not in the band, and it well, sounds better. Sounds to be better. fair, Pete was there too, and yes. now he's gone. Yeah, Pete's retired though. We, we fired Pete, Pete and Bill, <laughs> but Pete's a retired well, gentleman well, of, of the trumpet. <laughs> so anyway. It was kind of this cool thing for me to kind of be there, not as a trumpet player or cornet player or whatever, but as a composer and hear people like play your music live and, and they clearly rehearsed it and cared about it and all that. It was just this, it was the coolest thing. So I just wanted to give a shout out to ABB and thank Brian personally on the air here for, for having me do these things because it was just a really amazing time. So. It was very cool to have him in front of the band wagging, which he, you all know he does now, so did, much did of. Did he wear a turtleneck at the rehearsal? <laughs> He I did not wear a turtleneck. T-shirt turtleneck. You did. It was about you. 90 degrees out, so. You did. You wore, you wore the tea turtle, didn't you? It was a mock turtle. It was, it was black, though, wasn't it? He wore no, sleeve, black. Sleeveless. I did not sleeveless. wear black. <laughs> sleeveless. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just wore a dicky, is what he wore. Yes, right? Sleeveless turtleneck. <laughs> that was very cool. So he conducted the, the slow thing um, because, I I mean, he, didn't, he wanted to hear that up close, I think, and yeah. work with us, and we talked all about style and what he had in mind and not tonguing anything of course of course and um, None of it. yeah and then uh, and then he sat uh, was in the hall for the fast stuff and then we went through sal conducted and we went through the whole piece and then he just sort of took it apart and we put it back together so all yeah, right, it was so, a all right, great so since we're not allowed to talk about the very secret open or whatever this is right when could one hear abb right. play this fantastic so on sunday october 10th at two o'clock in Flieger Concert Hall, we'll do the premiere of these two, two works. So if you're anywhere near Glassboro, yeah, yeah, there it I is. plan to be there. Plan to be in Glassboro that day. Nice, October tenth. October tenth. There 10th. it is. Yeah. Thanks. So, but again, thank you, Brian, and huge shout out to ABB for sounding great, and can't wait to hear the stuff. Exciting. Final, final state. I love that this was about two things for about brass band. Yeah, Joe, you're really outnumbered. <laughs> Unsustainable. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, time for, uh, I think it's time for an episode of Two Truths and a Lie. Oh, let's, let's roll that out again. All right, who, I think we go in the same order here, Brian. I think you should go first. I guess I'm first. All, All right. right. Okay. Oh, we're going to get our notepads and make no. sure we're ready here. I've already got okay. no shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's two truths and a lie mm -hmm. um, in no particular order. Of course, that's part of the game. <laughs> yep. Um, so uh, I would prefer if you just gave us the lie first so we know what that is, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> so, and then the truth. Is that okay? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay, so the first, the first story is um, really short. Um, when I was I first, doubt in, it. first in New Jersey, <laughs> first in New Jersey, of course, I was willing to play any gig that uh, came my way. And on two different occasions, in two different Novembers, I played duets outside in New Brunswick, which is where, near, um, which is where Rutgers is, mm -hmm. for three hours in sub-15 degree weather. 
two different times. Wow. Okay. Once, uh, w- once one year, and then I was a glutton for punishment and went back the next year. Okay. Okay. All right. That's All right. story number one. All right. That's story well, number one. We'll ask questions at the end, right? Okay. Right. Yep. yep. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wait. Okay. So, uh, story number two. Um, in 2009-10, I was on sabbatical in the UK and, um, you know, sort of steeped in everything that was happening there in brass banding. And uh, we had a church we, we go to, we went to every Sunday, just right down the street from our flat. And um, every year in, in November, um, the UK celebrates um, what's called Remembrance Day. It's on the second Sunday of, um, of November every year. And it's to honor all of the fallen heroes from all of the wars, right? Not any specific war, but all of the wars. And part of Remembrance Day is to play, is that some trumpet player, cornet player, of course, plays um, a, a tune called The Last Post. And so I was invited um, at our church to play The Last Post as part of their ceremony. And um, so I played it on cornet. And as I was walking back to, this, to my seat, I heard somebody say, wow, he doesn't sound American. <laughs> wow. Well, I guess that's better than what vibrato. <laughs> right? <laughs> Way better. Um, okay. That's story number two. Okay. All right. Story number three. On four different occasions, I have performed in an outfit costume that included wearing tights. Between the first and second time, it's more than 30 years apart. Um, and in the third and fourth times, it had to do with Rowan. So the third time I performed in tights was when our president was being installed as a sommelier at a wine festival, and I performed fanfares in tights. Is this the current president? No, not the current president. Okay. Of course, you know, you do anything for, um, right. for tenure. <laughs> and, the, and the fourth time was... I was asked by that president to come and play fanfares in tights for um, sort of a parade of board members into a into a meeting, sort of a celebration of our our board. Hmm. I was so taken by your tights the <laughs> third time, the first time he wanted you to do it again. President to obviously, see it, again. see it again. Brian's got the legs for that. He does. He does. <laughs> All right. All right. Bill, you want to start or am I starting? I want to start with something. This is more of a just a, a clarification question. Weren't you on sabbatical in 7, 8? No, 9, 10. So after you hosted ITG? Yes. Oh, I thought you went before. Yeah, after. Hmm. Okay. okay. Okay, so <laughs> did any of these costume uh, appearances happen in November? Because your first two stories both center around November. Yeah, n- no, neither one was in November. I didn't have to wear like you didn't wear coats. tights in November. Did, All right, who were you playing? Du- who were you playing duets with? In story number one. In story number one, um, I was playing with um, a guy named Perry Sutton. Oh, from Dylan. Um, yeah, from Dylan Music. With and valves. Because uh, yeah. Perry likes to play without valves too. <laughs> he <does. laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. And I also played um, with John Barnes, who plays in the the Navy Commodores. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sub 15 mm. degrees. Were you playing uh, cornets or trumpets? Trumpets. 
And regular mouthpiece or nylon rim? Regular mouthpieces. <laughs> Not nylon rim. Okay, remember... Right, back to the... Uh, where... Uh, where was the installment of the sommelier? Where did that happen? In Philadelphia. Where in Philly? It was a hotel. Hmm. Yeah. And the parade of board members, where did that occur? <laughs> that was here at school. Hollywood where, House. Where did you get the tights? I, um, don't, to, I don't really <laughs> want to know that. You really want to know that? <laughs> I just rented up from a costume shop. Because here's the thing. If somebody asked me to wear tights, which one, they should never do such a thing, I'd be wondering who would make tights in my size, because even though they probably exist, they shouldn't. <laughs> I'm only 5'9". It wasn't I, that difficult to I, come up with the tights. I'm ready to call the question. All right. I I think two is true because he doesn't sound American. Uh, I think two is tr- I think <laughs> I think two is true at, as well. At any time. Yeah. <laughs> Not right no now. It's no shock that anyone even pick, like no. right yeah, exactly, yeah. like tonight. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I think I agree that number 2 is true. I think it's between 1 and 3. And the problem with choosing be- uh, between 1 and 3 is it could just be one of the details, and you do this. You've done this, Bill, in the past, where it's like, oh, well, that's true, except for that one minor detail, which is I, kind of I kind of garbagey. You are the sorest loser I've ever met. <laughs> I object to being called a loser. Rules, I can, I'm, o- I'm okay being wrong, but when you tell a whole story, except for like, oh, no, it was on a Wednesday, not a Thursday, or I did it in October, not in November, that's not really the spirit of this game. All right. I... I'm going to think, I'm saying number one is the lie. I think so, too. I don't think it was under 15. I think that's a little early. Yeah. To, it might have been under might have been under 30. But under 15 is really cold there's and unseasonably cold even in Jersey in November. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that stops working under 15 degrees. Yeah, including Brian's lips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm going to go with number one as well. So am I. Um, the tight story is the one that's apocryphal. Um, I was not asked a, th- a fourth time to play in tights by the president, oh, but I did play for the president in tights in a hotel in Philadelphia. All right. For, see, for this is what I'm see, saying. Joey, yeah, that's yeah. right. You see, now you're mad, aren't you, Bill? Yeah, now I'm, I'm never going to do it again because now yeah. I know how it feels. <laughs> there it is. And it was unbelievably cold both times. There was a lot of snow the second time. <laughs> We could only play on the sidewalks where they had shoveled. It was wow. crazy. And I think we got like 75 bucks a person or something. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's some big money. <laughs> then for then for me, then it was. Uh, all right, Joey, do you want to you go next? Yeah, right? I'll, I'll go ahead and go next. All right. Okay. All right. Since y- you've already brought up John Cougar Mellencamp, let's start with this. So <laughs> not only, because, you know, I think, you know, generally if, you know anything about me as a trumpet player, you know I'm, I've played a lot with big bands and played with jazz, and I, now I do a lot of things with pops orchestras. But not only have I played with John Cougar Mellencamp, I have also played with Don Henley, I've played with The Who, and i played with Carole mm. King. So, you know, got some good rock credentials right there. Yeah. Right? That's story number one. See, I keep these short. This isn't like, you know, in the dawn of time... <laughs> At that's the beginning, Brian, yes, Brian goes all in. Brian is good with the stories. I've got three short ones here for you. So that's right, number good. one. All right. So let me see. That's number one. Number two. Uh, as you guys know, um, I have uh, been married twice, which means I've taken two honeymoons. Mm. Right. On both of my honeymoons, I took trumpets 
and practiced every day. That's all there is to it. That's number two. Okay. And uh, number three, you know I'm a sports fan as well. So, mm -hmm. right? So, I have played, as I was thinking about this, where I've gotten, where I've been lucky enough to play. And I have played at oh. NCAA Division One football games. I've been featured as a, as a soloist with uh, NCAA featured there. And NFL football games. Mm. NCAA basketball games. Mm. And NBA basketball games as well. I've, been, I've played at all of those places. Now you might be thinking, what about soccer? Soccer's not a thing. I wouldn't <laughs> do it. Soccer's I'd say no. I'd say no out of principle. So right, you wouldn't do that. So those but are my three. You would sound good on a Vuvuzela, hey, though. Would you? <laughs> yeah. Be like, wow, someone's really wailing. Is that a double C? <laughs> Somebody's killing that. <laughs> double thing. C someone's on the plastic Vuvuzela. Quad C <laughs> on a plastic Vuvuzela. <laughs> now I want to do that. Um, so repeat number one, if you don't mind. Oh, number one. I said, you know, not only have I played. With John Cougar Mellencamp, I've also and played with Don Henley, The Who, and Carol King. And Yogi Bechamel. What's his name? Kishibashi. I haven't done it yet. That's coming soon. That'll be okay, added to right. next week. Okay. Wh wow, what Don was your Henley. What was, your, what was the big tune that you played with The Who? The big tune? Yeah. Did, what, was the, what was the biggest feature for you on, on The Who? Well, they weren't features. There was just an orchestra. We were just backing them up. They wrote, just somebody wrote orchestral parts behind all the stuff. Where were the two honeymoons? Oh, uh, first honeymoon was in San Francisco. Second honeymoon was at uh, what the Yosemite National Park, also in California. Don't, don't you don't you mean Yosemite? <laughs> Yosemite. <laughs> Yosemite. <laughs> Yo's might. <laughs> yeah. They were both they were each a week long, so well it's de two is definitely any true, of, these, of course. Any of these could be true for you. Two is definitely true. So um who did you play for 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 the N when the NBA? And what did you play? Oh, I played it a, a few times. Actually, my favorite picture uh from, from Maynard Ferguson's band is when we played the national anthem at a Lakers Sonics game. All right. Where was the Don Henley concert? <laughs> the Don Henley concert, there were, there were four of them, actually. He, he picked up a horn section for a Midwest tour. They hired us out of Chicago, and we played Chicago, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, and Indianapolis. And why did you not get me tickets for this? I didn't know you yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was checking. Deirdre asked the same thing about The Who. <laughs> Man. She's still a little mad See, about that one. Three, three could be weird. Except that I think you've done all those. Yeah, he's done. He's done all those. Two seems so obvious that Brian threw it right out. He threw it right out. Right out. Right out. Right out. But I'm going to go against the grain here because I think he probably did play with all these other people, and I think he has played for all those things. And two seems super obvious to me that of course he would take it because that's what he does. And I'm going to go against the grain and say two's a lie. And the chair yields to the gentleman from New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. well, it's up to you, Brian. That's a that's a good argument. It does seem too obvious, doesn't it? Do you think he took a day off? How many days off did you, did he take? He just didn't take the horns uh, out to California to yeah, Yosemite. I, I think there's the horns enough. didn't go. 
Yeah, the I horns think, didn't go on either no, one. I think you. I think he took him to Yosemite. I don't think he took him to San Francisco. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think he took the horns to either one. That doesn't matter. All that matters is something about that's not right. It's, <laughs> it's just too, too obvious. Too obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I do agree with that. I mean, I don't want to talk you into it to go along with me, but I'm just no, saying no, I'm going I, too. I, now, if we he both was a little get quick it, with the response to the who, he was. I don't know if uh, yeah. If I'm we not both sure get it wrong, Joey has to play a double C. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in. I'm in. It's number two. Number <laughs> two <laughs> is the lie. <laughs> is that is that your final answer? That's You're my, my final, final answer. answer. We're locking yeah. it in. Oh no 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 no! Oh, I never Jesus. played with Carol King. Come oh, on, man. <laughs> oh really? There it is. See, I, I told you. I warned this up front. A, this is how you guys have gotten me in the past, <laughs> so I figured this is the so, only way to play the game. So much you have last... taught me how to play this game, He's and I used scheming. it against you. It's our last round of Two Truths but and a Lie. But you asked me about Don Henley, and you asked me about the Who. You did not ask me about Carol King. Carol King just seems Man. obvious. Yeah, that's When right. would I have ever played with Carol King? I don't know. Me neither. When were you ever the second in a movie? <laughs> I know. Exactly. Well, when did you work for AOL? Well, Come that's on. easy. 1995. Your, life, your whole life's Come a on. lie. Your whole life's a lie. <laughs> I don't even know who I am anymore. You don't really <laughs> no. play double C's and bass trumpet? Come on. Yeah. Right. All right. All made up. But He's all I see you know what it feels like. You guys, right I just nice went on work. record. You taught me this. Bill, you're <laughs> I up. Did. That's I did. good work. Okay. All right. Uh, all three of mine are about, I've been thinking a lot about my grad school days. Recently. Oh God, we're going into ancient history when life is black yeah, and white. So was that? I, I'm, th- <laughs> I'm thinking about, in particular, my time in Eastern Kentucky when I was doing my master's. This degree. is what happens why. when you get old. You Ma- can't remember yesterday, but <laughs> you remember, remember f- well, 65 you know, years ago. In the 90s, but uh, I'm thinking a lot about the master's degree thing, and uh, so you know, I went to Eastern Kentucky for that. And so here's story number one. <clears throat> Um, I played in the faculty quintet with my teacher, Kevin Eisensmith, and great experience, really great people who they've treated me so well. And uh, so I w- that was my thing was to play in the faculty quintet. And uh, so I was playing piccolo on this arrangement. And um, I actually, we were not even two bars in, and the stuff coming out of my horn was so bad and so awful and so wrong that I crashed the entire tune and we had to stop and start over. And I looked down and realized that my finger, I was typing off the home row. It was a four-valve four pick, and I was down one. You were going 2-3-4 with 1-2-3? With 1-2-3, trying to play in F major. Nice. Okay. So I cra- crashed a performance by having my hand on the wrong place on the horn. Okay. okay. That's number one. Okay. That's number one. Number two. While in Eastern Kentucky, part of my TA was to work with a marching band. Mark Whitlock was the director there, and he was incredible. And I wrote drill for the band, and there was a rich donor who loved the marching band at Eastern Kentucky, and he was so enthralled with what I was doing with my drill design stuff for the band for the halftime shows that uh, he he was an, he was a Kentucky colonel. I don't know if you know this, but this I is a thing. I do it's know a club, this, right? yes. And uh, he endorsed me, and I'm an authentic Kentucky colonel. I have the certificate. From my time in Eastern Kentucky. Go Colonel. Do you get chicken with that? Yeah. It's all like a card. You have a card, you have a card they punch? Points. You get like points for that. <laughs> yeah. All right. And story number three. Uh, Man, this is hard. 
while at Eastern, I was able to work outside of my TA to make more money. And in fact, I was hired by another local university to be their director of bands for a semester uh, when I started my degree. That's story number three. Moonlighted as a conductor while doing my Shocking. degree. Shocking. Hold on a second. So what, okay. Uh, Brian, you going or am I going first? Yeah, uh, you, you, I can go. What, what school did, was it that you were the director of bands? Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, that's oh my God! That's fantastic. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, what are the benefits of being a Kentucky Colonel? Oh, a lot of benefits. Yeah, a lot of benefits. You get you. Well, I mean, you get the certificates. You get the bragging rights. You get discount on bourbon, and the ceremony itself was really cool. Did you just say discount on yeah, bourbon? Yeah, discount on <laughs> in Kentucky. It doesn't work up here, but it does down there. Because if you show the card, you get a discount. And you have the card. So I there is a card. There is a card. There's a card, and there's actually points and everything. And the ceremony to get in also involves bourbon, which is pretty cool. All right, so the faculty quintet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what piece were you playing? See, I knew you were going to ask me that. And I remember the story, but I don't remember the piece. It was a Baroque something or other, because I remember it being in F major, but I don't remember the exact title. Do you mean mean concert D major? Yeah, my F, right. We're all trumpet (laughs) players here. Well, yeah, but but you have to be thinking piccolo and A to get to F. Yeah, I got you. Right. If you're holding a B flat trumpet, that'd be E flat major. Right, but I wasn't. (laughs) Unless you're a tuba player, and then you transpose backwards. I was holding an A trumpet (laughs) incorrectly. (laughs) Wow. All right. All of these sound like garbage. Um, <laughs> I don't believe any of these <laughs> at all. Um, Brian, you re- ready to uh, make a guess here? I think it's possible that he was a director of bands for a semester when he was there. Sure. Um, I don't cause think. Because he, ba- he was a band director going there. He left his high, high school yeah. band game. Sure, sure. Th- that certainly could make sense. And all of these could make sense. But I want to believe being a Kentucky colonel is more than having one person put you up and you just get in. I want to believe it takes more than I, that. I thought it would be too, but it's not. Depends on how big the person is. Mm-hmm. My, my colleague, uh, orchestra conductor colleague here at Messiah, is a Kentucky colonel. Because he knew a guy. He went to school in uh, Miami of Ohio. He knew a guy that was a colonel, and that guy put him up, and he's a colonel. So have you ever put anybody up to be a colonel? No. Hmm. Why Why I aren't we colonels? I don't think anybody that, you know, I've just never <laughs> met anyone I thought, you know, worthy. Enough. Was worthy? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's that. Now wow. that's it. <laughs> now I'm angry. Because <laughs> you know I've been holding the cards. Yeah. Hmm. I'm dubious of number one because doesn't Kevin play piccolo really well? And wouldn't Kevin have been playing first? If this faculty faculty quintet, why would you put your grad student there? Wouldn't you play the first part? And wouldn't you be playing the pick? Very generous. See, that's what makes me worry about that one. I'm nervous about that one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. I also think he could have been driving by a Kentucky Fried Chicken and thought up the colonel thing. (laughs) Well, he would have to know that there is a Kentucky colonel, but if you lived in Kentucky, you <laughs> would know you would, about that. Know it, is a a it. Oh, it is a real thing. I know that it is a real thing, but I don't know much about it other than it is a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I could type really quietly and not look to my right, and you wouldn't notice, <laughs> and I'd be typing up, like, what are the qualifications trying to cheat, yeah. but I'm not doing so. It's got to be put up. All right, wow. Brian, what do, you, what do you think? I don't know. I think Kevin was generous, is generous enough to allow his student the opportunity to fold on piccolo 
<laughs> quintet concert. Ah, I'm going to stick with this. I, I want to believe there's more to being a colonel. I'm going with number two. I don't think you're a Kentucky colonel. That's impressive. That's my call. What are you going to go with there, Brian? I'm going with number three. I think number three is the lie. He did not work at Transylvania State? No, he didn't okay. work at Transylvania State. <laughs> Transylvania University. <laughs> sure. And I did Jesus. for a full semester, my very first semester in grad school. How'd they know about you? They called over in the band director, so we got a new they guy They called Eastern in. and said, do you have anybody? We got a new guy coming in, and he's the guy. And I went and interviewed with Ben Hawkins, and he was very kind to me you know and that. gave me the gig for a semester. Wow. Yeah. So Brian's not it. No. Nope, so? Know. And as much as I'd love to be, I am not a Kentucky Colonel. Oh, yes. look at that. Joey wins. <laughs> wow. I'm so happy right but now. But from what That's I understand, impressive. it only takes the one p- someone to put you up and you can get in. So what happened on the first the thing sincerity. was it was in rehearsal. Yeah. Right? It was in rehearsal. Kevin's like, you know what? Why don't you? You should do this. Here, do this. And uh, you got your mouthpiece here. Oh, you know what? Here, try my piccolo, too. And he had one of those gets in a turnus. Oh yeah, the four valve with the, oh, the bent yeah. lead pipe, the mm-hmm. flugel yeah. pick I call yeah. it because they sounds they're lovely. Anyway, I picked the thing up, threw my hand up there, which was in a different place than my piccolo, the Selmer, <laughs> and off we went. It was in rehearsal, thank God, and and I just stopped. And they just lost it, and Kevin's just looking at me, and he goes, "Look at your hand." <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so Joey's looking it up. I am. I pulled it up. <laughs> The commission of Kentucky Colonel is the highest title of honor bestowed by the governor of Kentucky. It is recognition of an individual's noteworthy accomplishments and outstanding service to our community, state, and nation. There you go. go. All right. And if you're a commissioned colonel, you're a Kentucky colonel for life. Right. But I don't think you get a discount on bourbon, but I thought you guys would like that. (laughs) I thought that was hysterical. It was good. It was awesome. (laughs) There you go. Nicely done. Good round, boys. Wow. Yeah. yeah, there we have it. All right, time for a couple things. So this episode is part two in a two-part series titled Becoming the Player You Want to Be. And part one was a recipe for artistry. Part two, this episode is titled Why Over How and What. Yes? Is that a division problem? Yeah, I think so it is. So why divided by you how? Turn how everything you put it into over. math. Right, yeah, over. Everything's yeah. math. Yeah. yeah, it is. Essentially, we're trying to provide you with a path. And not our path, per se, but maybe more like how to define your own path and get there. But finding your why is at the heart of that before we go. Absolutely. Right. right. And this this is maybe the most important part of this. Because if you're following a path because you think you're supposed to, or because someone else is there, or you think, well, that's what everybody else does... Oh, you're probably not going to be happy because so the why it can be summed up. And you know me, I'm the oversimplifier. I want to oversimplify. Why would you do this? Because that's the only way you're really going to get where you want to go. Yeah. The only way to get where you want to go is to forge your path. That's the why. And everybody's path looks at least a little bit different. Even people who end up in the identical jobs. I mean, look at. Take Well, let's look at the last two principles of the Chicago Symphony, right? So we've got Chris Martin. Now, Chris Martin, as, as far as we know, right, grew up in Atlanta, right? Father is a band director, and he was a drum corps guy, and then he was principal in Atlanta, and then, boom, principal in Chicago, right? 
that might even doesn't even look all that standard <laughs> for orchestral trumpet players in a right. lot of ways. I mean, you know, he did go study with Barb and Charlie and stuff like lots of those people did. Um, and now we've got uh, Esteban Batallon, right? Yeah. Right. So he's he's from Spain. And now he's sitting in the very same chair and uh, that's not the same path. They've ended up in the same place. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, the idea of e even if you think where you want to end up, there's not there's not one way to get there. And if you want to be the best possible player you can in whatever area that is, you've got to find your way through, not the prescribed, you know, check, 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 check all the way through. That's not how it works. Well, yeah, because the circumstances that lead someone to landing a job or being in a certain place for a certain amount of time are so random, mm -hmm. right? Oh, I, you, know, you studied with a certain person or you had subbed and you had a bit of an in, whatever it was. You can't replicate all that stuff. The thing I love about finding the why up front or deciding what that is early is because and we've talked about this a bunch on the show from different angles, but having a why is motivation. Like that's now coming from within. You can figure that out. Then you're not every day looking for a reason to practice or trying to find the motivation to practice because you've established it. Yeah, you have in your mind where you want to go, and it's very powerful to have somebody um, that you're trying to sort of emulate or having a thing that you're trying to reach for because you can imagine what is required, what behaviors that person has um, or exhibits, and what helped them get there. Or you can imagine the path to get there. So that will that directly trans translates into a, in a very real way towards what you what you have to do every day um, and then and you have the same deal you were talking about motivation and if you know that to get there to that point you want to get to you have to do these things it's much easier for that to just become part of who you are what you do every day yeah, making that decision early on and figuring it out. I, I mentioned my friend Tim, who actually is the Kentucky Colonel, Tim Dixon. Now, Tim right. drops in and listens to us once in a while, but Tim tells a story about teaching middle school music, right? Sure. Middle school band, I believe, and deciding yeah. one day he had had enough, he's going to become a university uh, orchestra conductor. That was his goal. <laughs> like, literally right. sat down and wrote it down, made a list, and then set out to apply for schools, and then eventually won the job and did it. Yeah. But yeah. once he decided on what that end goal was, then he just plowed through and got it done. Right. A lot and, of stories like that. And, and we've talked a little bit about this in, in motivation and, and how to get these things going. But the idea of setting a short and long-term goal is can be related to, but isn't always just the why. You know, mm -hmm. for me... Uh, the why is very simple, as as we keep as I keep talking about, as simple as possible makes it easy for me. I want to be a great trumpet player and musician, and for me, that's really all that was. It's that simple for me. Yeah. So it's not and and so because I figured, if I get to that, then a lot of other stuff takes care of itself. If sure. I am a great musician, if I am a great trumpet player, then I'm going to work, and things are going to go well. And so far, a lot of that has worked out as I keep striving to become a great musician, great trumpet player. Well, so along the way, but there are other things. So uh, I was talking to someone recently uh, who says that they want to be teaching at the college level. Now, there are some people that there are necessary things. A lot of times you might, uh, you're probably going to need a doctorate at some level for most of those kinds of jobs. No offense to me. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you want to have the requisite qualifications, but 
once you have those and if you haven't gotten that job immediately and you know it, it can be hard to get those jobs sure you better be doing something because if you're just sitting around waiting for your job to come find you waiting for your career to come find you then then your your resume is going to start looking a little odd like okay yeah. it looks like you graduated from school uh four years ago and um so you want to be a teacher yeah so what have you been doing uh right boy get yourself teaching get out there and yeah. do it do it you know and if you want to be a player and you think yeah uh i really really want to be a player i want to be a trumpet player and i want to be playing these kinds of things so i'm gonna go live in um let's say uh Ottumwa, iowa now no offense to Ottumwa, iowa hometown of radar o'reilly exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't think there's a huge freelance scene there right so if you're thinking you want to be a player, you got to put yourself where the work is, you know. So those kinds of things, you got to think about those why, and then make the appropriate choices. You make that big decision, and that's going to lead you to that direction of where you want to be going. Yeah, the why, but the why drives all that, mm -hmm. right? The why absolutely drives exactly. it. And look at look at the story you told tonight, which is amazing, because it, the folks listening who are trumpet players, including the two of us, are sitting here going. I would never have taken that gig right. without seeing something. <laughs> yeah. See you the music I mean? first. Come on. I want to see what's like. I got called for a Dixieland gig one time, right? And the guy's like, "Yeah, I was in Kentucky. Oh, I got your name. You're a new guy." But okay, but yeah. Well, here's the date and here's the time and all that. I'm like, "This sounds great." And then I then it hit me, right? I go, "Dixieland gig." Hey, so you guys use books, right? He goes, "No, no, 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 man. We 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 know the tunes." And I'm like, "Yeah, uh, I can't make it." <laughs> now see. Had you taken that gig, you'd be a colonel. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> See, it would have been done. Yeah. I wouldn't have even needed to go to class. Yeah. I could just show them the colonel card. Yeah, but I, yeah, th exactly. But this is the thing I've done a few times, right? You right. know, when uh, John Rommel leaned into my office, this was uh, several years ago, and said, hey, Tony Plogue's got this double concerto, and he says if we program it, he'll write the band uh, version. It's only orchestral right now. Are you in? I said, sure. He says, do you want to see the part? I'm like, well, yeah, eventually. <laughs> but am I going to play it? Yeah, of course I'm going to play it. That sounds great. And then we looked at the part. It's uh, By the way, it's really, you guys have heard it. It's really cool. It's, it's great. It's a great, great, it's a great piece. piece. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great piece. Yeah, JC and Pete did it out of his thing, his place once. Right. They did that out. It was very, it's very, very cool. It's a lot of notes. Yeah, but then you just, you say yes, and then you figure it out. Right. So I'm kind of, I'm excited by this prospect. But yeah, but the, that's what I want. Other people may not want those sorts of things. Yeah. Well, we taught. We also mentioned, of course, I mentioned up front about the idea of the how and the what. Like we we talked, we've talked about what to practice. We've talked about how to practice, but uh, unless you know where you're headed and you know really what you're trying to prepare for, and I think Joey, your model is the ideal. You know, it's it's the absolute ideal. What I, you want to be prepared for everything, right? Like because because <laughs> here's the thing. Because those of you who are thinking, man. That guy's ego is even bigger than he advertised. One, that's probably <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah. But oh, it's two, true. But, yeah. but two, I know that it's not possible. I do know that. That's why I'm doing it. Mm. You know, I'm doing. I'm. I'm striving for something that isn't achievable, so that I will never be done. Because if right. I was striving for something that was achievable, then that that's part of the problem. If my ultimate goal was, you know, I'm going to go play lead with Maynard Ferguson. So then, what do I do when I'm 27 and I'm done? Right. right you know like think about if you uh think about um i don't often like often musicians compare themselves to athletes and i don't always like that but from a goal-setting perspective imagine that your idea is i want to be the number one draft pick 
and then you're the number one draft pick. You've never played a professional game in your life, and you've already achieved your goal. So do you quit? Right. That seems crazy to me. Or even like, well, I want to I want to win a Super Bowl or an NBA championship, and then you win that. Well, then do you just stop? No, that's crazy. But it can be a little disorienting to achieve, essentially achieve the goal and then go, well, crap. Now what? Now what? Exactly. <laughs> then it leaves you with a now what? And frankly, there are. We've met people. We know musicians that are kind of get to that mm. point of, well, gosh, I think I've kind of done what I want to do here. And that's perfectly fine if that's where you are. Right. But for me, I'm looking at that going, wow, that's confusing to me because it's just not how I think. Yeah, you get to, everybody gets to make their own choices. So if you get to a place and going, yeah, I just wanted to check this out and get to here and see how it was, and yeah, I'm ready to go do something else, knock yourself out. But that's where you get frustrated. And if you don't think about these things, if you don't think about a why, then your career will happen to you. You will not create a career. And yeah. likely, a career that happens to you is not the one you want. And that's what you right. got to watch out for. You're sure. allowing a whole bunch of other people to make decisions for you yes. rather than taking control yourself. I, I've always appreciated this, um, these, the mindset of the folks who've embraced challenge, right? And I think this, this, is, the, this is an important element in all this. Like uh, players I've, uh, I've met over the years and talked talk to hundreds of students a year, you know, and say, why did you pick that instrument or what drew you to this or that or whatever? And in particular, I'm always fascinated by people who play horn or, or bassoon, for example, right? Yeah. And you go, why? Well, this was the most difficult thing there was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just wired to do, the, for the biggest challenge. And this yeah. is, nobody else wanted to do this because it was too hard. And I thought, well, th then that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's uh, man, wh what a great mindset to have. Like, I'm going to go after this thing because it's this great challenge. And I'm going to do it every day until I can, you know. Uh, n you're always chasing perfection, right? But till I can get exactly what I want. And that grit will help you through the times when you're not so happy with the trajectory and how it's going right mm -hmm. what's that uh, that photograph um and um insta chat or whatever where uh what people think <laughs> success is the trajectory of success right where it's oh, no right. success in a straight line and yeah. and then what it actually is is this incredibly squiggly oh, yeah. line right it's never yeah. straight there there are always ups and downs and oh, if you're course. going for something you really believe in through all of those ups and downs those I'm not saying that's going to make them easier, right? It can still be traumatic and difficult, um, but you will keep fighting through them and you will weather them. And it also doesn't guarantee success. Let's be clear right. about that. Yeah. The idea of having a goal and setting a why and doing all of this work. And we're not saying, hey, you do all this stuff and everything works out. We're saying it's your best <laughs> shot. Right. We're saying if you, if right. we're saying, I, I look at it this way, the same way when I, when I talk to my students and say, okay. So you've essentially, you didn't like, you didn't take a breath before you started or, you know, so what were your chances of sounding good? Well, zero, right? Mm -hmm. So if you actually set yourself up from the beginning, are your chances higher or lower than zero of sounding good? Higher. So what we're saying here is if you make no plans at all, if you have no wine, you're just kind of like cruising through and like, I don't know, we'll see what happens, you know, <laughs> your chances of, of fulfilling the goals that you haven't even set are zero, right? So we're saying you want to set those goals and then really work hard towards them. Your chances of achieving them are higher than zero. And not only that may take you in places you've never considered. I mean, I've talked about this before when I graduated college, the last thing I ever considered doing was teaching. And 10 years later, it's pretty much all I wanted to go do so they can change along the way. Mm -hmm. 
and then lead you along a path of like, oh, oh, this is cool. I never even thought about this. And now I'm doing this. And then there's more to do here. Be flexible and be ready to, you know, see, see what happens when you uh, along the road. And how fortunate are we really to be able to, to even do what we do? I mean, here's a way to define success that we get to spend our careers doing this. You know, yes, one I mean, of my one of my freshmen last yeah. week in our in our class, we were just getting all to know each other. And I only have one freshman. We had a, a very small entering trumpet class this year, so I have one freshman in my studio, and uh, so we were talking about some different things. And she said, "Yeah, I just think it's weird that I'm majoring in metal tube." <laughs> and I said, "Oh my gosh, metal!" She might have said, "Expensive metal tube." I'm like, "Metal tube? That's great. awesome!" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Think about that, right? Oh, it's fantastic. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. You find this thing you love, and then you just keep chasing it down, right? Yeah. You just keep chasing it. And you get more and more of them. Yes. Hey, what's it. the E-flat cornet update, uh, Brian? And where are we on that? Uh, we have not taken the leap yet. Yeah. All right. Can we take a side, check, a side track for just a second? Yeah. All right. So uh, you Apple fans out there, you know that just recently they've announced the new iPhones. Oh, yes. Right. The iPhone 13 is being made in pink. <laughs> there it is. And you have you pre-ordered? Uh, we're recording this just before the pre-order. I have not. Uh, so, my so phone is completely are. paid off. You are going to pre-order. Oh, you're going to do this. You're in. This is, and I will tell you, this is the problem. We've had this discussion before. Because, you know, often, you know, when you're married, you have to talk to your spouse about these sorts of things. And. The support I have for my spouse is sometimes a little bit annoying because I said unreasonably I good, said, unreasonably supportive in uh, a way that just shouldn't be tolerated. <laughs> so I said, "All right, the new phones are out. They're making a pink one." She's like, "All right, let's just stop this right now." So you're going to talk about this. We're going to process this. You're going to work your way through it. You're going to try to spend it out. You're going to work yourself around. Just buy it. Just like, get oh, it. I will not just tolerate this kind of support. <laughs> it's unreasonable. I'm not okay with it. Just do That's it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You're supposed to be your foil. <laughs> no, they're not. I don't know why there are so many relationships set up that way. I think it's terrible sitcoms that set this up. That's the right. idea, the idea of the henpecked husband and the the <laughs> wife who just picks all the time, and she's really the smart one. And he's really an idiot. Wow, what a! They all look miserable to me. Like we've talked about these different. I think that looks like a miserable marriage and a miserable relationship and a terrible way to live your life. Who would want to live like that? Not me. No, but. But it's funny, so that's why it's on there. Uh, is <laughs> it funny, funny though? Right. No, not really. <laughs> it's not. I'm sorry. Back to this. <laughs> no, I think it's great because you know exactly what you want. And happiness for you, success for you is a pink iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. And I, and I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Look, I think, you know, th this two-part thing, of course, is trying to, to lead people to, you know, Ultimately, you got to make your own decisions about what you want to be. But it's great to have these models out in front of you, great players that you know, great recordings that you want to pursue and all that. But I think ultimately what we're saying is that, you know, it's got to be individualized and you have to decide for yourself. Because if you do, you're going to be a lot more successful in pursuing that and it's going to be a lot more meaningful to you individually, which means you're going to stay motivated and follow through. Absolutely. And you're going to do what you want to be doing, not what you think other people think you should be doing, not what you think, well, this is what everybody else does, so I should do that. These are terrible ways to go. And I know it's very common out there to think if you're in a, you know, like if you're a college student and you're at a place where everybody does this thing, then I guess I'm supposed to do this thing. No, yeah. that's not necessarily the way to go. You got to make that decision. What do I want? 
And guess what? There are lots of people out there that have done these kinds of things. So look to people that might be doing things that are similar or related. It's very likely they're able to be contacted. Send them an email. Hey, can I ask you about most most people who are successful and, and have done things that are really fun and interesting are happy to talk to you about it, right? Get in it's contact. Their passion. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. they're they're very happy because they're doing what they're passionate about. Right. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So get and in that, contact and go. Oh, hey, I was thinking about and you. Seem to be doing something. Can I ask you some questions? Mm-hmm. Hey, if they yeah. blow you off, what happens? You lost an email. Eh. But they talk to you. Then it's like, oh, I never considered. I never. Oh, that's kind of cool. There's right. your, there's a connection you've made. Well, and we I, I, we did an episode, of course, for ITG for the virtual conference this past <laughs> year. But a lot of listeners aren't. There might be some people that don't have access to that because if they didn't attend the virtual conference. But, you know, that's what we talked about. One of the values of ITG being was going there right, right. and being in contact with all these people and having conversations and having access to artists and teachers and just to collect all that information. Um, so th- those are things, too. I will say this. I want to drop back to you know, we zoom out. We look at the big picture and if we determine what our why is and where we're really headed to do this. And then ultimately it's back to, to putting your head down and getting back to work. Right. And all of it matters every day. Like I had that lesson this week with a student and uh, working on uh, on an etude and, you know, it all came into play. It was one of those moments where it was like you realize that, oh, theory, if I understand the theory of this, it helps me sound better. Right. (laughs) If I know what key I'm in, it helps my pitch. If I understand what that rhythm is, my technique is better. And it all you could just see it all sort of come together like, oh, man. Now, you know, there was this beautiful moment of these other things are important, too. And being the informed musician and making sure that once you set this really great trumpet goal, professional trumpet goal for yourself, that you do the other stuff, too, and make sure that you're educated in every way possible to move forward. Yeah, the big picture is huge. If you're thinking, well, if I'm just the greatest trumpet player in the world, it'll take care of itself. If you're a jackass or you can't show up on time or, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're late and you don't take care of business and you wear the wrong clothes, and, you know, all those kinds of things. The whole, it, it is a puzzle. Like ex- you're putting together the trumpet puzzle in that, in that story, which is true. There's so many parts yeah. of it that make it all go together. And the same thing is true as, as a professional, you have to be, we've talked about this before, somebody people want to work with. You know, and that's part of that as well. You want to do all of those things and think big picture about all. It's all of it. It's a very complex thing to put together. But you do have to be thinking about all of it. It's important. Yep, for sure. For sure. Well, listen, guys, uh, I think it's time that we move on and talk about no offense. If you're working without a plan... Uh, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> totally <laughs> doing it wrong. If you think, I don't know, I'll just wing my whole life. <laughs> think again. It's a bad idea. And we're speaking from experience. We have friends that have tried this. Yes. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'll. And then, who just kind of see. see what happens, right? See how that pans out. That's not Excellence good. is rarely an accident. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. That's really That's good. good. That should go That's on really t-shirt. good. <laughs> but, you know, whether you're uh, emulating people around you to get started or just having those conversations and putting it all together for yourself, man, have a plan and know and then get to work to make it make it come true. And if you have a 7C, sell it. Yeah. <laughs> just get out now. Yeah. There's no reason for you to keep There's it. There's no that. reason. 
I, this is my goal. I, I, you know, to talk about the seven C every week. Now there wasn't, you know. <laughs> you know what uh, we haven't heard this week? Well, let me I know, tell one I, story. Can I tell one story quickly? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yes. Go ahead. I did master class this Monday night for all the trumpet studios. We we uh, do this. Um, every Monday night, and it's really late this semester. It's eight forty to ten because our schedule got stretched out because of COVID, airing out of rooms, and so late. Uh, so we were talking. I was talking about a subject matter and this and this and this. I, was, I brought up E flat trumpets. I said, "What do we play E flat trumpets for?" And they said, "Oh, you know, Haydn, Hummel." I said, "Right, but what were those written for? It wasn't really for." And they're like, "Oh yeah, it's key. And, and who played those?" And one of the students said. Anton Weidinger. Yes. There it is. <laughs> yes. And I just started back. laughing. I just started laughing. I'm like, good for you. And I was a bunch of the kids turned around to her. And she's like, I don't know. She happens to know that. So, yeah, there was there was an Anton Weidinger shout out in my master class here at That's IU this great. week. And made it to the episode. There it is. Just so under the wire. Just under the wire. We came full circle on that. No doubt about it. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, that about does it for today. We've come to the end of yet another episode. Thanks for joining us on The Open Bell. Stay tuned. Tell your friends, students, and anyone else you can think of. Our massive trumpet egos do depend on it. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell. <laughs>